welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Daryl Finch. Well, good morning. 14 days, 6 hours, and 40 minutes, Connie and I leave for Israel. Not that we're counting. Not that we're counting. We are so blessed and honored and want to say thank you to you again. Next Sunday will be the last of our series on mysteries, and, and then we're leaving. Not, I'll just <clears throat> There'll still be another, but we will leave on the 11th of March uh, from Dallas-Fort Worth and then fly to, to New York and then to Israel. So we're going to sleep on the plane, they say. I don't know that we will sleep, but we will be on the plane. So we're so glad. Thank you for being here this morning. We're in a series called Mysteries. In the New Testament, the word mysteries is mysterion. It's used in a very specific way. It's talking about truth which human intellect could never discover. But now has been made known by, by divine revelation. It's something that man would have never come up with on his own. It's a truth which must be revealed by God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says this, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Don't be surprised when the world thinks that every, anything about God is foolishness, because the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. This morning we want to look at the mystery of godliness. The mystery of godliness. This week, Billy Graham went to be with the Lord uh, at the age of 99. And there's some fake news going around that he died. He just changed residence. Right? He just laid aside this tent for a glorified body in the presence of his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we celebrate that. You know, Billy Graham... Lived a simple life. You say, how can you say simple when he spoke to over 185 nations? And He had a simple message. The message was simply, we are all sinners. Jesus is the only Savior. He talked about the cross that shows us the extremes. The extreme consequence of sin and the extreme love of God. Didn't matter if he was talking to presidents, popes, prime ministers, or plumbers. He stuck to that simple message. He was criticized and sometimes critiqued by the elites and the academics for such a simple message. But while the critics came and went, Billy Graham kept his eyes on Christ. His personal life was one of financial and personal integrity. Constantly under the scrutiny of those who wished to catch him in either financial or moral failure, he lived a simple life of godliness. He trusted the Christ who called him to keep him. So where did Billy Graham get all of this? How could he live that way in the same world you and I live in? You do realize that, right? Billy Graham lived in this world. For many, his life is a mystery. But it's no mystery or should be no mystery to those who follow Christ. But maybe it is. For most, the question for Christians is not how do you get it, become a Christian, but the question is how do you live it? So I want you to turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1 and then Galatians chapter 2. 
We're going to start in Colossians chapter 1, verse 26. This mystery. Verse 26 says, The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to His saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, of the world, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Phillips translation of verse 27 reads like this. They are those to whom God has planned to give a vision of the full wonder and splendor of His secret plan for the sons of men. And the secret is simply this. Christ in you. Yes, Christ in you, bringing with Him the hope of all glorious things to come. If you grew up in church as I did, like I did, I was taught the Scripture and the Gospel. But I found that in my life, revelation has come in stages. Especially when it came to living the Christian life. I came to Christ as a nine-year-old boy. For those early years, all I knew was that uh, Christ was real. I would go to heaven if I died because I trusted Jesus as my Savior. So really, all I knew was that Jesus Christ died for me. My faith was based on what I heard from others. My parents, my Sunday school teachers, my preachers. I knew, after I trusted Christ, I needed to be good. But I wasn't. I continually rededicated my life to Christ. In my late teen years... I became aware that God was speaking to me. And one night, as I was talking to Him, I saw written across my mind in neon lights, preach. I said, no. And I spent the next little while trying to get God off the subject. Because I had plans of my own. I was a Christian. I was going to church. But I was mixed up and miserable. Then I came to a time of surrender, and I decided that I was going to live for Christ. I publicly committed my life to live for Christ, to preach. And now I've came into a new revelation. I needed Christ to be with me. And I found that Christ would be with me. He'd never leave me, never forsake me. He not only died for me, but He was with me. And and basically, I had this revelation that he was here to help me be the preacher he wanted me to be. Connie and I got married, went off to college, began to pastor, and soon found out that my best was far short of what I'd hoped. I committed to try harder, live better, be different. I committed to learn more, pray more, do more. And after two pastorates, I came to the stark realization that I couldn't do it. I told God if he didn't do something that uh, I was going to quit. That's when he gave me the revelation that Christ was in me. Christ not only died for me and was, nor just was, was with me, but he himself was alive in me. I was not only forgiven, but I was a new creation. I was freed from the indwelling power of sin. I'd been crucified with Christ. I began to study and discover all about this Christ that lived in me. I discovered that the New Testament taught that in Him, I could be the person I'd always wanted to be. Now, you would think 
that this was it. In fact, let me tell you, every place that I got to, I thought was it. And I thought this was it. In fact, that has become my life message. Every step along the process, I thought this is it. I began to preach it, teach it. But my real problem was still there. My ability to live it. I couldn't live it. I knew it theologically. I knew it scripturally. I knew how to say it. I knew how to uh, uh, parse it and define it. And I just didn't consistently know how to live it. I tried to believe. I confessed. I claimed. I resisted. I did everything I knew how. Does that sound familiar to anybody else in here? Yeah. That brings me to the mystery, the secret that's been revealed. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I want to be very practical, if I might, this morning, and as much as I can be, to try to show you what, what I'm discovering, and it's still unfolding, but I'm discovering all the, the fullness of what that secret literally means in my life. Uh, so, I just want to start, first of all, Christ is the essence of the mystery. He's the first and the foremost. Paul doesn't say Jesus. He says Christ. Christos. Messiah, the anointed one of God. And to say Christ is to mean Jesus, but it also is to include all that he is, all that he's accomplished, and is still alive to be. I think sometimes we don't understand who this Christ is. He's alive. You know, it's easy for us to say, Christ is in me. But who is this Christ? Colossians 1.15 says this, He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him, and He's before all things, and in Him all things consist. That's the Christ. Uh, you still don't get it. The preeminent Jesus, the creator, the deliverer, the redeemer, the king. Not the Christ hanging on a cross, but the risen Lord over all creation. The Christ who walked on water, healed the sick, raised the dead, died paying sin's price, resurrected in life to never die. The conquering king, the ruling Lord over all. That Jesus who has fire in his eyes. The living Jesus. Is alive in us. Romans 5.10 says it this way. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And it's in the active, by His living. We're going to be saved by His living. We're going to be delivered, redeemed, set apart, sanctified, glorified by His living presence in us. Christ is the essence of the ministry. In you is the sweetness of it. The secret that has been revealed is that this living Jesus has come to live in you. The believer. The receiver. The word you here is human. H-U-M-I-N. It means you personally and individually, but literally it could be 
translated, you yourselves, you all. Every believer, corporately together with all the others, Christ is alive in you. Now, I'll just be honest with you. We would expect Christ to be alive in some. You know, the good ones. But the Bible says, here's the secret. Christ himself is alive, living in you. In This is the key. He's alive in. That preposition in, it's E-N in the Greek. It primarily refers to location or place or within. The Spirit of Christ is located within the spirit of the believer. But it's not just that Christ is with me. Christ is within me. He's not just a residence or an occupant in me. He lives within me as Himself. His presence is life to me. Jesus said, because I live, you shall live also. Most of the time, we relegate that to heaven. Listen, God is saying, Jesus is saying to us, Paul is saying, here's the secret, that living Jesus is in you, within you. And because He lives, you live also. I'm a new creation because His life and being has come into me, into my spirit. My identity has changed because of His life in me. He's within me. Now, most of us can say yes to that because we've been taught it. There's another side of this that I want you to... There's a secondary meaning of this preposition. It's it's talking about instrumental meaning, by means of. It could be translated by means of me. Christ lives by means of me. So Jesus Christ is more than just a static presence in a particular place in the life of the believer. Jesus is in us, not merely as a deposit of something called eternal life. But Christ lives in by means of us as the personified and living function of the power of divine life. So I want you to look at Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20, St. Paul says this. I've been crucified with Christ... It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in, by means of, me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I want you to note the no longer I, but Christ. King James says it this way, not I, but Christ. Not I, but Christ. That has become key for me. When I received Jesus, I didn't receive something called salvation. I received someone who saves. I didn't receive something called eternal life. I received someone who is eternal life itself. The trouble is, is that I don't trust him to live by means of me. I trust me to live for him. You understand what I'm saying? I try. Instead of trust. I'm not trusting Christ who is resident in me to live by means of me. 
I'm trusting that I can somehow get it together good enough that I can live for Him. Not happening. Oh, it might happen a day or two. But then somebody does something. And I find out it's not Christ, it's me. In fact, let me just tell you this. That's the trouble. We not only get our identity from Christ, but we're to get our ability and our activity from Him as well. He's the source of my life. He's the source of my being. But listen to me, He's to also be the source of my behavior. If I don't know that, I will constantly be trying to act like Christ. God never wanted us to be Christ-like, which we take to mean to act like Him. God wants us to be Christ-like by allowing Christ to live His life through us. Let me say it another way. God meant for us to live this life on this earth by Christ Himself coming to live by means of me. Christ in me, by means of me. So, preacher, that, I don't, you know... No, it was new to me too. You see, most of my life in the, in, the, in the church world that I grew up in, church world that I learned to preach in, the church world that I learned to interpret the Scripture in, most of my life, that's the way I understood it, that what God wanted is for you to do your best to live for Him. Anybody else been there? Let me tell you something. There's only one person who can live like Christ. His name is Jesus. Now, the good news is, Jesus lives in me. In union with me, I'm in union with Him, and He wants to live by means of me in this earth, in this life. That's what Galatians uh, 2.20 is trying to tell us. But you see, I've discovered something. We live it backwards. Scripture says, not I, but Christ. I tend to live it, Christ, but not I. Let me show you what I mean. God promised to supply all my needs, but I don't know how if I'm going to make it. I just quoted the promise. I know the truth. I can quote the truth. God promised that He'll meet all my needs in Christ Jesus. But, but you know, looking at my bank account, I don't know how I'm going to make it. You know, God said He would give me wisdom, but I'm confused. Here's one. I'm a new creation in Christ, but I still fail a lot. Now, all of those things are true. But let me tell you, I live after the but. That's where I'm living I can quote to you the promises, but I live after the but. I live in the feelings instead of in the truth. I live in the circumstances instead of the promises. So instead of living by Christ, living by means of me, I live in the circumstances by means of me. Christ... Yeah, I can quote you the promise, but not me. I live it backwards. 
We can quote the promise, but we live in the circumstances. Our hope is in changing the circumstances. Let me tell you, that's what I became to realize. What I want God to do is what I really want. Here's the thing I really want God to do. Change what I'm in. Change my circumstances. Fix the fix. God wants to change me. Because here's what God knows. Circumstances are changing all the time. And let me tell you, the older you get, the more they change. Most of us really, here's what we want out of the Christian life. Things to be easier. My circumstances to be okay. And everything just to be smooth. Anybody want it smooth? Anybody life in here smooth? Well, if it's not, maybe we need to understand that God is not about smooth. He's about righteousness. He's about godliness. So we focus on the, you know, I'm a new creation in Christ, but I still fail. So what I do is I focus on the failure. The right way to live is not I, but Christ. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Looking at my bank account, I don't know how I'm going to make it. But my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You see what you see the difference? I'm not denying the circumstances, but I'm going to live after the but. I'm going to live in the promise. I'm going to trust in the one who promised. Another one there is I. You know, we said it a while ago. You know, I, I'm so confused in this life. I don't really understand what's going on. But God has said He would give me wisdom. This last one I got backwards. It's when I took Connie to Walmart last night. I was working on my sermon. Connie needed to go to Walmart. This should be, I still fail a lot. I still fail a lot. I still sin. But, I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm going to live in the promise. I'm not going to deny the circumstances. I'm not going to deny the, the reality. But I'm going to live in the one who lives in me. Not I. But Christ, I fail a lot, but I'm a new creation in Christ. Now listen to me, I'm talking more, I'm talking about more than just sentence structure. We tend to focus our life on what we put after the but. And what we focus on, we organize our life around. If I'm focused on my failure, I'm going to organize my whole life around trying to change my failure. I'm saying change my focus. I see my failure, but I'm going to focus on I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm going to live after the but. I'm going to change what I put after the but. I, well, I'm going to change my focus instead of focusing on what is not, instead of focusing on my circumstances. Life is not found in changing circumstances or human fixes or manufactured escape routes. But in the living Jesus Christ who is in me. 
So this life is not lived by trying, but by trusting. I can't change my circumstances, but I can trust Christ who is in me and make myself available for Him to act like Himself by means of me in the circumstance. The circumstance may not change, but I've already changed. I don't draw or define my life from my circumstances or from my thoughts or from my feelings. The life I now live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Christ is my life. He's sufficient for any circumstance that I may be in. And as I trust Him and respond to Him, He will live His life. His redeeming, reconciling, glorious, powerful life by means of me right in the middle of my circumstances. It's not a matter of trying. It's a matter of trusting. Not of working, but surrendering to His ability to work through me. Not struggling, but standing in surrender to the One who Himself lives by means of me. He's not doing it apart from me. Here's the thing. Listen to me, folks. God's not going to do it apart from you. He wants to do it by means of you. We keep wanting God to do it and then let us jump in. God's going to do it in and through and by means of you. That's the way. That's the mystery. God in His Son, Jesus Christ, by His Spirit in your spirit, has brought you into a living union with Him in such a way that He can live the life of Christ by means of you. You don't get that by figuring it out. That, no man would come up with that. In fact, religion says, do your best, He'll, it, it, God will do the rest. Religion says God helps those who help themselves. God wants to be in such union with you as to work His work, display His glory, live His life before others in and through you in this world. Christ, with fire in His eyes, is alive within and by means of you. And that is the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Hope. Elpis in the Greek. Confident expectation. Hope is not wishful thinking. It's confidence. It's the confident expectation that what God has said, He will perform. Hope, confident expectation. The hope of what? The hope of glory. Glory, doxa. That's a hard word to define. I looked at all kinds of scriptures and I, 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 the more I looked, the more I just got confused. But so I came up with this simple and I think all inclusive. God, here's glory. God in His essence and attributes, visible and active in full recognition right inside His own creation. 
The whole earth will be filled with the glory of God. God's visible and active attributes and essence in full recognition of His creation, including mankind. Christ within and by means of me and you is the confident expectation of God's visible and active presence in full recognition. The glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the seas. But there's something in this that incredibly just blows my mind. Colossians 3, 4 says this. When Christ, who is our life, appears then you will also you also will appear with him in glory now what we do because we've been trained this way we when christ appears we think second coming and then we think uh, we will appear with him in glory we mean heaven when christ reveals himself well when's christ want to re- you think it's going to help christ out later don't you think Christ wants to reveal Himself now? So when Christ reveals Himself, you're going to be revealed with Him in glory. The word with there, that's just not meaning alongside or, you know, in closeness. It talks about in union with. God's going to reveal Christ, and in the process of revealing Christ, He's going to let you be revealed in that same glory. Yeah, we don't get that. Because here's, we've been taught God doesn't share His glory. He's not sharing it. He's displaying it. It's not because you're glorious. It's because Christ in you is doing glorious things. The visible, apparent Reality of who God is and His essence and His attribute is being displayed. And when Christ, when Christ who is our life, when Christ who is our life appears, when He's displayed, we will be displayed with Him in glory. That's good news. In other words, God wants you to participate in His expression of who He is in this world right now. We don't get it. Remember, remember we, we talked about the mystery of the Christ. We talked about God, be, Jesus being fully God and fully man. And when He rose, He rose in a glorified body, but He, was, he rose in a glorified humanity. And He took our humanity when He ascended into the very realm of the Godhead. And so when Stephen was being stoned and he looked up into heaven. He saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the throne of God. He saw the man, Jesus. He took our humanity into the realm of the Godhead. God took man and put him in Christ. What this is saying, this is the fullness of the mystery that God took Christ... In his divinity, in his deity, and put him in our humanity. And we have the constant expectation 
that Christ can be Himself in us. And it's our hope of sharing in the reality of God expressing His visible attributes in our world. And the things you're going through, Romans tells us, the things you're suffering, don't compare. They're light affliction compared to the glory that God wants to display. Christ in, by means of me, living in this world. How do I do it? I trust Him. I surrender to Him. I'm not trying. I'm responding. When I was 16 years old, my dad bought me a brand new, not brand new, a brand new used 1965 Chevy Impala Supersport. 327 with a power glide transmission. Yeah. White. With black vinyl interior. No air conditioning. It was a sweatshop. It was mine. It, 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 there was, I I possessed it. I was to live my life in it. And as a teenager, that's where you lived. So I wanted to keep it clean. I lived on dirt roads. I'd wash it and I'd take a toothbrush. I want to keep it clean. And then I wanted to keep it tuned up. I wanted it to run. I wanted it to get me, you know. And then I discovered. So it wasn't just about keeping it clean. It was about driving it. And it, it was about, then it became about, that I wanted it to take me somewhere. And then I want to use the illustration that I want you to see that most of our life, when we got became a Christian, we wanted to keep clean. Then we realized that God wanted to do something with us. And so we wanted to keep it tuned up. And then we realized that God wanted to take us somewhere. And so we wanted to find out where, we wanted to know what the will of God was and where He's wanting to take us. Then we discovered that God wanted to ride with us. And so we started to ask God to tell us where to go, which way to turn. Then I discovered God wanted to drive. (laughs) Now listen to me. But God didn't want me in the back seat. He wanted to drive by means of me. He wanted my hands on the wheel. He wanted my foot light on the foot feet. He, wanted to, he didn't want to just give me navigation. He wanted to drive by means of me. And the hope, here's the, here's the confident assurance. I'm going to get where he's going if he's driving through me. He'll take care of the vehicle if I leave the means and the destination... 
and respond to Him. Christ in me, as I live this life in the flesh, I live it by confident assurance that He's alive by means of me in this world. And this life I now live in this world, in this flesh, I live by confident assurance that He loves me and has given Himself not only for me, but He's given Himself to me. That's the mystery of godliness. Christ in me. The confident expectation of God being made visible in His power and demonstration through my life. It's not trying, it's trusting. Now, most of us try to trust. No, it's trusting. I trust. Because every time I try, I find out I can't do it. So I trust that He will do it through me. And it sometimes doesn't look like He's doing it. But I've got to trust that He who began this good work in me will Himself bring it on to completion until the day Jesus comes. Are you living in the mystery? What does this mean, preacher? Glad you asked. Did Jesus defeat Satan in the the wilderness? Ever temptation or just some? That same Jesus lives in you. Did Jesus heal the sick? That same Jesus lives in you by means of you. Did Jesus cast out demons? That same Jesus lives in you. Did Jesus ever calm any storms? That Jesus wants to live by means of you. That same Jesus. Did Jesus conquer sin and death? That same Jesus lives by means of you. Christ in you, the hope, the confident expectation of glory. When He reveals Himself, He's going to reveal Himself with you in the same glory. He's inviting you to participate. He's inviting you to stand in your surrender. And having done all to stand. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I pray in the name of Jesus right now. That you would show us how to live after the buts. Living in the promise. The life that we now live in this flesh can be lived by faith, the confident assurance in response to the Son of God who now lives in us. 
Father, I pray that you would open up our spiritual eyes to see and our hearts to receive and our minds to understand. And Lord, you would guard our language as we live in the light of your promises. I may still fail a lot, but I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I may be mixed up, but God has promised to give me wisdom for every circumstance. I don't know how I'm going to make it. But my God said He'll supply all my needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. I'm going to live in the promises. And I'm going to trust that He who began this work in me will Himself by His own power and strength and ability live that by means of me. I'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I'll ask and I will receive because of Him who lives in me. Father, live your life through your Son in your sons and daughters today. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Would you stand together with Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.